Previously on The Play's The Thing. You seriously tell me this junk is worth 2500 bucks? Yeah, because it's a really good collection, but you probably won't get that. All right, all right. Um, listen, Warren, I'm not selling your baby toys if you don't tell me it's okay, because I don't want you guilting it over my head for the rest of my life, okay? But if you don't want me to, I am totally throwing you out of here right now. Because I have no desire to incur the wrath of Jason. And you can't just walk in here and dump your situation on me and then obstruct every possible solution I come up with. Just because you're a destructive little freak who has to, like, wreck everything so you can get everybody whipped into a frenzy over you all the time. But I don't want you telling me later that I forced you into selling your precious belongings. Because it's totally up to you. All right? No, go ahead and sell them. I don't, I don't know what else to do. All right. Welcome back to The Play's The Thing. I'm Susan Lowenberg, producing director of LA Theatre Works. Last time on This Is Our Youth, Warren scored with Jessica, but after a great night on the town, he's not really sure where he stands with her. Plus, he's blowing through the money he has stolen from his dad, so Dennis decides to sell Warren's prize collectibles to help him, which Warren agrees to, reluctantly. Here's the conclusion of This Is Our Youth by Kenneth Lonergan, starring the original off-Broadway cast, Mark Ruffalo, Josh Hamilton, and Missy Yeager. Directed by Mark Brokaw. Dad, I guess the jig is up. No, 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 we, we, I was planning on returning it. Thank you. Well, you're actually going to have to wait like an hour. Do whatever you want, but I won't be here. Why don't you punch me in the face and throw me out of the apartment? Uh-huh. Yeah, that is definitely my intention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, Dad. What kind of world do you think I'm living in? Well, yeah, I think about it all the time. I don't know. I just see it in my imagination, I guess. I don't know. Well, I feel pretty strongly about the fact that I have a lot better judgment than she did at my age, and it's also not too likely that I'm going to move in with a 35-year-old guy who beats me up all the time. So I really don't think that's an appropriate comparison, although I will say it's an obvious one, by which I mean I don't think it's all that clever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I I know, Dad, your your brunching companions await. Well, it is really hard to fully appreciate what your girlfriend has to go through, but it's really fucking fortunate that she has both the good looks and intelligence to see her through all the rough spots. 
Do whatever you want. Sounds good. I hate you too. What are you doing? What happened? I knocked the drugs on the floor. You did what? I was trying to mix in the cuts. What? How bad is it? It's pretty bad. Oh, God. Oh. All right. Okay. Uh, I can't even deal with this right now. <sighs> Listen to me, Warren. Something terrible has happened. What's the matter? Somebody's dead. Yeah. Who? My mother? No, not your mother, you idiot. Okay. It's Stewie. Who? Stewie. Stewie. It's fucking Stewie. Stewie who? Stuart, the fat man. Stuart Grossbart. What is the matter with oh, you? Oh, shit. That's Stewie. Yeah, that's Stewie. How many fucking All right, Stewie's I can't do you know? for a second. What happened to him? I don't know, man. I guess he threw too many speedballs. He was with that Dutch chick all night, and they went to sleep. And when she woke up this morning, she couldn't wake him up. So she turned him over, and there was blood coming out of his nose and his eyes, and he was dead. Whoa. I mean, I just saw the guy last night. I was so freaked out, I can't even believe it. How, how did you find out about it? Because when I got to Donald Salk's house, he was on the phone with Yaffe. So I got on the phone, and Yaffe told me he went over to Stewie's this morning, and there were all these cops there. And that girl was sitting there, freaked out of her mind, crying and screaming and, like, smoking cigarettes and talking half in English and half in Dutch. And Yaffe told the cops he was Stewie's friend, and they told him what happened. I guess it's a good thing we didn't do any speedballs, you know? But do we buy bad shit or what? No, I don't think so. I mean, I was doing it all night, and I didn't wake up with fucking blood coming out of my nose, did you? No, but I haven't done any of it yet. And the girl was okay, so I guess he just overdid it. But I am so freaked out. I mean, the guy is dead. Do you know what that means? It's like, he's not going to be around anymore. Like, at all. And it just got me really fucking scared. I mean, we are such assholes to be doing all this shit, man. I am totally stopping. I mean, I know he was a big fat slob who totally overdid everything, and all he ever ate was like sirloin drenched in butter and sour cream, but the guy was like 23 years old, and now he's just gone, you know? Like he is no more. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess there's only a certain amount of time you can keep doing this shit before shit starts to happen to you. I mean, I am really scared. So, did you sell my stuff? Yeah. Did you have to sell all of it? Oh, yeah. How much did you get for it? I only got 900 what do you mean? I mean, you had a totally inflated idea of what that shit was worth. So don't make me feel bad about it. I know exactly what it was worth, and that guy just rooked you. Oh, I am really going to fucking hit you, and I totally got you the best possible deal I could. Then why'd you sell it? You told me to sell it! At least I didn't knock the fucking coke on the floor. So don't make me feel bad about this man, all right? I am freaked out of my mind. So maybe I didn't do so well. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's better than nothing. I guess... What happened to that girl? She left. Like, <laughs> you already had a fight with her? I'm not really sure what happened. Dude, how could you mess that up so fast? What kind of talent for misery do you have, man? I don't know. I guess I'm pretty advanced. <laughs> Did my girlfriend call back? No. <sighs> I think I went too far with her before, but I can't even deal with it right now. I'm too freaked out. <sighs> I just can't believe this, man. It's, like, so completely bizarre. And it's not even like I even liked the guy that much, you know? I just knew him, you know? But if we'd been doing those speedballs last night, we could both be dead now. Do you understand how close that is? I mean, it, it's death. It's death. It's so incredibly heavy. It's like so much heavier than like 95% of the shit you deal with in the average day that constitutes your supposed life. And it's like so totally off to the side. It's like completely ridiculous. I mean, that was it. That was his life. Period. It's the life of Stuart. 
He's a fat Jew from Long Island with a grotesque accent who sold drugs and ate steak and did nothing of note, like, whatsoever. I don't know, man. I'm, like, high on fear. I feel totally high on fear. I'm, like, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. I want to, like, go to cooking school in Florence or, like, like go into show business. I could so totally be a completely great chef. It's, like, ridiculous. Or, like, an actor. Or like, a director. I should totally direct movies, man. I'd be a genius at it. Like, if you take the average person with the average sensibility or sense of humor or the way they look at the world and what thoughts they have or what they think and you compare it to the way I look at shit and the shit I come up with to say or just the slant I put on shit, there's just, like, no comparison at all. I could totally make movies, man. I would be, like, one of the greatest movie makers of all time. Plus, I am, like, so much better at sports than anyone I know. Except Wally and those big black basketball players, man. But I totally played with those guys and completely earned their respect. And Wally was like, Denny, man, you're the only white friend I have. Well, I can take uptown and hang out with my friends and not be embarrassed. Because I just go up there and hang out with them and, like, get them so much more stoned than they've ever been in their life. And, like, I'm completely not intimidated by them at all, you know? Yeah. God, I'm high on fear, man. I'm totally, completely stoned out of my mind on fear. And, like, you guys think I'm, like, totally confident and on top of it, but it's not true at all. My fucking mother is so fucking harsh and wildly extreme that I was just been trained to snap back twice as hard the minute anybody starts to fuck with me. That's how I fight with Valerie. You know, like, the minute we get into an argument, whatever she says to me, I just double it and totally get in her face until she backs down or, like, has to, like, leave the room. And it completely works, too, because I don't have to take any of the shit I see all my male friends taking from their fucking girlfriends or like the shit my father takes from my mother. <laughs> I mean, all he does is fucking lord it over everybody, man. Over all my brothers and sisters and like all his fucking assistants and his dealers and agents and like all his fucking celebrities who buy his art because he totally knows that he's like a complete living genius. And so he's like, why should I spend two minutes talking to anybody? I don't want to. Except now he's like torturing everyone constantly because he basically never doesn't have to pee. And my mother's freaking out because she's working 14 hours a day because they cut all the money out of her programs. And she's totally predicting major inner city catastrophe in years to come. And she completely has his balls like in a vice. She's like, Eddie, you're an asshole. Eddie, nobody gives a shit if you have to pee. You always have to pee, so shut up. I mean, she just tramples him, man. She's like, no matter what you do, it doesn't matter because all you do is sell a bunch of paintings to like 1% of the population. And I'm out there every day, like, saving children's lives and trying to help real people who are being destroyed by Ronald Reagan. So whatever you do and however famous you are, it's just a total tissue of conceit because it's got nothing to do with anybody but rich people. Oh, she just makes total emasculated mincemeat out of him. And the only thing he can do to fight back is go fuck some 20-year-old groupie. Only now he can't do that anymore because he's so sick. So he's just totally in her power. And all he can do is torture her from like a totally weaker position. And she's like laughing in his face. My family is sick, man. They're sick. You think your fucking father is crazy? What if like everywhere he went, total strangers like worshipped him as a god? And wait till his health starts to go. Can you imagine what that's like? Like seriously, what does that feel like to be looking ahead like five years and not knowing whether you're still going to be here? You can totally see why people are religious, man. I mean, how much better would it be to think you're going to be somewhere, you know? Instead of absolutely nowhere, like gone, forever. That is so fucking scary. I'm so fucking scared right now. I got to call my girlfriend. You have totally fucked me up, by the way. I mean, how emblematic of your personality is it that you walk into a room for 10 minutes and break the exact item calculated to wreak the maximum possible amount of havoc, no matter where you are? You're a total troublemaker, Warren. I should totally ban you from my house. God, I'm so keyed up. I can't shut up. I wish Valerie was here. Maybe I should call the girl Natalie and see if she'll come over and give me a blowjob. She really likes me, man. She told my sister I had beautiful eyes. 
I do have totally amazing eyes. They're like a completely amazing, unique shape. No, like most people with my kind of eyes aren't shaped like this at all. My eyes are like totally intense and direct. Like if I look people in the eye, like nine out of 10 people can't even hold my gaze. Did you do any of that, Coke? Not yet. Oh, God, I, 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 I don't even want to look at it, man. I'm so freaked out. I totally feel like donating it to charity or something. <laughs> that is so not funny. I wonder if anybody told his family. I'm sure they did. I wonder if they'll have a funeral. Uh, I'm sure they will. That's going to be one big casket. I wonder if anybody will show up. Why wouldn't they? Because nobody liked the guy. I called like six people and I was so freaked out and nobody cared at all. They were all like, wow, that's amazing. Is the coke all right? Now, I don't know if that means they're all like totally callous and unfeeling or whether the guy was just a totally reprehensible human being. Well, he didn't leave me with any lastingly warm impressions. I mean, I'm sorry he's dead, but I read the newspaper this morning too, you know? Well, all I know is if I had a fucking funeral, there wouldn't be room to sit. Someday, I'm gonna make a movie about all of us, man. Like, if you made that guy Donald Salk a character in a movie with all that shit in his apartment, <laughs> how heavy would that be? And most people would find, like, some bad actor to do some caricature sitcom imitation of this guy and, like, totally miss all the intense subtleties and qualities of his personality. And if it was me, I would just go in there and use the real guy and it'd be so much heavier and so much funnier, don't you think? I don't know. But don't you think I would be, like, an amazing director? I have no idea, man. What do you mean you have no idea? I mean, I have no idea. Well, I totally would be. But you've never to done it. What do you mean? I mean, you've never done it. You don't know anything about it. You just like movies and you have an interest in people's personalities. No, I, I don't just I like them like too, I but totally... I don't necessarily think that you'd be a good movie director because I have no idea if you have the slightest talent for it whatsoever. I'm sorry. You are really pissing me off. I really don't give a shit, man. Why'd you sell my fucking toy collection for $900? Is that what you're mad about? With poor Stewie moldering the ground? I don't give a fuck about Stewie and neither do you. We don't even know him. So call the guy up and get it back. And dig your own fucking grave, you little asshole. I am totally sick of you and your moronic fucking self-imposed dilemma. I've been dealing drugs for five years and I never once dropped any of it on the fucking floor. Because I am not an imbecile. I cannot believe that you do that. And then you have the nerve to give me shit because I undersold your little toy box. Why do you have to talk to me that way, man? Why do I talk to you what way? Why do you have to call me like an asshole like every five seconds? I don't like it. What do you mean? We, we, we call each other shit all the time. Don't start with me, Warren, because all I've been doing for the last two days is like totally try to help you. I know you're doing something, man, but I can barely tell if you're even on my side. What are you talking about? I'm on your side. I'm totally on your side. Then why are you always like reminding me that I haven't done well with girls for a really long time, man? Because... And like constantly insulting me and like teasing me and like like telling me how incompetent I am and what a fuck up I am like this running motif like every time we hang up <laughs> because you are a fuck up I mean so am I so is everyone we know what, what is the and, and how come every time I said I liked a girl you immediately say she's got a fat ass or like she has no tits or she's got a horse face or whatever <laughs> you know Jessica Goldman's the first girl that I ever had a chance with who was like Clearly good-looking enough that you weren't able to make me feel like a second-rate asshole for wanting to go out with her. Yeah, you were really making me mad. That's what you're mad about? Because of that time I said the girl Susan had a horse face? That's just the way I talk, man. We all talk that way. It doesn't mean anything. You can't, like, suddenly turn around and act all fucking hurt and sensitive about that shit. That's just the way we are with each other. Besides, that girl Susan did have a horse face. And everybody else could see it. I'm just the only one who says it. 
And when you're with a really good-looking girl, I fucking say that. So don't give me this shit from the back benches of the fucking peanut gallery because it's total bullshit. And I'm already so sick of you after hanging out with you for less than 24 hours in a row that I'm like two seconds away from beating the fucking shit out of you, little fucking asshole. What do you mean I'm not on your side? I'm sure you love me, man. And you're totally, like, my personal hero, but I really don't get the feeling that you are. <laughs> what are you crying about? I think I'm crying about. I assume you feel bad about something that you think has happened to you. No. Because you said I was your hero. <laughs> oh. So what are you, what are you saying? You want to, like, stop being friends with me? Or? I don't know, man. I'm not, like, breaking up with you. I'm not your girlfriend. So what are you saying? I don't know. Well, I can't really. Let's just drop it. All right. <laughs> Can I have that money? Well, I'm only 1,800 short. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'll start, um, I'll start moving what's left of this shit today and see how much we can scrape up. It doesn't matter. You want to smoke pot? All right. Where'd you get that? I got it from Stewie last night. Christian sold him some. I'd really like to find out where Christian got it. It fucking pisses me off. These ragamuffins are like running around copying drugs that I don't know about. And I was going to get some of that heroin from Stewie till it killed him. I just hope it's understood in the community that this Coke is like really good and that Stewie just overdid it. I'm sure it is. Man, it is sort of amazing that one of us actually died, you know? It's like my dad's always saying, you know how bad you guys would have to fuck up before anything serious ever happened to you? You and all your friends from the Upper West Side who went to that fucking school where they think it's going to cripple you for life if they teach you how to spell? <laughs> you know what happens to other kids do the kind of shit you guys do? They die, man. And the only difference between you and them is my money. It's like a big fucking safety net, but you better not stretch it too far, man, because your sister fell right through it. Just, the fact is, he's like so freaked out of his mind that he did so well and all just blew up in his face anyway. You know, like he did this great enterprising thing for himself and his family and he, he made a fortune in this incredibly tough racket and he, he got a house on the park without any help from anyone, like never felt bad for anyone who, who couldn't do the same thing. And then at the height of his powers, he totally lost control of his own daughter and then she ended up getting 
beaten to death from some guy from the world next door to us. There's like nothing he could do about it. You know? And so, for like the last nine years, he's been totally just trying to pound his life back into shape, but it's not really going too well because he's totally by himself. You know? I guess. I just can't believe you don't think I'm on your side. All right, all right, you're on my side. So, what are you gonna do? I don't know, man. I guess I'll just go home. <laughs> Next time on The Play's The Thing. So. Oh, I brought you something. What? Oh. As a thank you for helping me with this, um, here. That's for me? Yeah. That's, thanks. Really appreciate it. Is this a loaf of bread? Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I made it. Oh. Yeah, no, because... Uh, that's really sweet. No, but it requires yeast to rise. Oh. And, yeah, it's a joke. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can also eat it. It's good. Yeah, I can actually... I... Um, I will. <laughs> do you want me to show you how this works? Please do, yes. Just yell if it gets confusing. That won't be a problem. <clears throat> Jason Ritter and Mandy Siegfried star in a tale of romance and higher math. Completeness by Itamar Moses. Next time on The Play's The Thing. After a performance of This Is Our Youth, we recorded a backstage interview with author Kenneth Lonergan, director Mark Brokaw, and stars Mark Ruffalo, Josh Hamilton, and Missy Yeager. Let's hear the final part of our conversation. I take it you've all remained very good friends because you seem so affectionate and comfortable with one another and you seem to still delight in one another, all five of you. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Um, but here you are 12 years later, you're revisiting this, this play. Um, Josh and Mark, you have, you have your own kids now. So how does, how does this, this play where you're, you know, you're, you're playing these very confused um, three characters. In fact, there's a, there's a description from an article that says the three characters are Manhattan rich kids, post-adolescent, disenfranchised slackers engaged in petty larceny, casual sex, and drug deals. As, as, as you know, mature adults now, um, how, do you, how do you feel about these characters and how do you integrate them into, into a performance? Yeah, actually, that is that was Mark and I were talking about. That was one of the most interesting things going through this again, um, was you do see things from a, a different perspective as a, as parents. Um, but I also think just with some 
some age or you know that I sort of have more empathy for them too you know I think um, I feel for them <laughs> I think, love well, I think yeah. one of the reasons Brock and I went with the slightly older group is that the play the, and Mark Ruffalo said this to me later the play is not written from the kids point of view it's written from an older point of view and it's not like a it's not like about rock and roll and like if it was a movie there wouldn't be like quick cuts of them being cool and I'm mall or in the street or whatever it's written from a sort of anthropological older point of view and i think that that made the i think i think it would be very difficult in a way for kids of the actual age to play with the same uh understanding of what was going on as the slightly older actors um uh, I, my uh, my wife came and saw it last night. She's like, "Oh my God, that's our son!" <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, I I this is this is my youth. I mean, this is this is American youth. This is. This was is your, this is real. I mean, I didn't grow up in I didn't grow up in in Manhattan, and I I, w- I wasn't really a rich kid, but you know we were all de- dabbling with sex and 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 drugs and and growing up and and you know like personal politics and relationship politics and struggling to find ourselves in a culture that was like really bent on homogenization, you know. And so uh, it was very painful uh, experience for me to be that young guy who, who had things and beliefs and, and like at my own point of view and a way of seeing in the world that really uh, wasn't a lot of space for. And, um, but, but I see these kids everywhere. I, I have an enormous amount, like Josh said, empathy for them. I, they're all str- every, every young person today uh, is, is struggling with these things, I, I think, you know. I was just going to say, I feel more like Jessica now than I did then, <laughs> which is really sad and scary, so but I just want to admit that to the world. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mark had an interesting yeah. I told the cast the other night, actually, when we did the first taping a couple nights ago, and I was, since I was in L.A., I was driving home in my car, uh, and thinking about it, and I was really, I was very moved by hearing it again and, and hearing them do it again because they'd lived, what they did so well was they brought, they have 12 years of life that they're bringing to the play that they've lived since we did it last, and they're able to bring all of that to the play, but yet still access it from the point of view of these young kids uh, and from that innocent, unself aware place. And at the same time, they were really, as Kenny said, they were, they were incredibly skilled 12 years ago. But yet, they've worked. They have 12 years of work that they've been that they've done since then, and so their skill level has risen, you know, exponentially. And so they bring that heightened skill level to this material. And so the combination of the two things, they're, they're more specific. Their work is uh, just better. Um, and I found it very moving to see them be able to come to the roles from that innocent place and just be so exceptional and so specific in it. And I don't know, I, I feel the same way. I feel like I know these kids better now than, you know, than I did 12 years ago. And I feel like, I always thought it was a play about adolescence, but I think it's about you move through this period of self-doubt over and over and over again in your life, or at least too much information I do. And I think that it's, that's what's universal about it. You're not just seeing adolescence, but I think you're just seeing that very human impulse. 
Well, you know, Mark, Mark, oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to say one thing about what Mark Proko said. I, when I wrote the play, I, 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 I'm glad he said that because I didn't. So, so why I'm such a good director for it? Because it, it's always been a. I don't like to think in metaphorical terms at all because it's not. I think it's <clears throat> doesn't help me write. But I always thought that the kids that age were sort of a a, a brighter colored stand-in for grown-ups. Like you have like your little opinions and your little techniques you're going to bring out into the world to get you through and your ideas about how things work and that's what you have to function with under this big sky of the world that's going to do this or that to you and grown-ups are more set and more practiced in the way they're handling things and kids don't fall into the same kind of rut the same kind of routines that grown-ups do but I always thought of them as half equipped to go out into life and like they're much more complicated internal lives than grown-ups realize, and also much less ex much less experience than they than they realize. Well, on that note, um, I thank you all very much. This was a really interesting conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is our youth by Kenneth Lonergan. Stars the original off-Broadway cast: Mark Ruffalo, Josh Hamilton, and Missy Yeager. Directed by Mark Brokaw. Associate Producers, Jennifer Brooks and Christina Montano. Sound Design, Recording and Mixing Engineer, Mark Holden for the Invisible Studios, West Hollywood. Podcast Production, Ron Lipkin. Please tell your friends about The Plays the Thing and show them how they can subscribe. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and PR1 through the Wondery Podcast Player on Android or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Susan Lowenberg for The Plays the Thing from L.A. Theatre Works and Wondery.